Welcome to the podcast, Cans, Copy, and Mike. My podcast, Cans, Copy, and Mike, is designed to be an uplifting visit with people that are the energy of our country, people of ambition that make America work, people that do things, things that are fun, things that are helpful, professions that are interesting and sometimes dangerous, people that will engage your mind. My podcasts are theme-oriented and will bring helpful information you can use. We're not selling some mysterious new lifestyle or trying to convince you to change yours. Cans, Copy, and Mike is simply a nice visit with people I think you're going to like and maybe even admire. The show is a throwback to a time when feature news was done very well. News that brought more than just information to the masses. My guests will entertain you. They might inspire you, and at the very least, they'll keep you engaged with their stories. So put on your cans and enjoy the show. I wanted to do a podcast with a veterinarian because, hey, who doesn't love animals? Particularly people with pets. And 67% of Americans are pet owners. That's 85 million of us. Fred Metzger is the medical director at Metzger Animal Hospital in State College, Pennsylvania, a 24-hour general care and emergency care veterinary hospital. Fred got a degree in animal bioscience from Penn State University in 1981 and followed that by earning his DVM, Doctor of Veterinary Medicine, from Purdue University. Dr. Metzger is a member of the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons. He's also a DABB, diplomat of the American Board of Veterinary Practitioners. He's been practicing veterinary medicine for 35 years. He also travels the globe lecturing on the topic of clinical pathology. Fred's a pro and an excellent physician. He's passionate, he loves animals, and he's assembled a top flight staff to give some of the best medical care in the region. Describe this facility. I, when I look at this place, it's a... Oh yeah, it, it's, this is it's the Mayo massive. Clinic of Veterinary Medicine is really what it is. So tell me about your practice here. So, welcome to BCA Metzger Animal Hospital. We started the practice December 7th, 1992. It was myself and that young lady right there who's Jennifer Wasson. She was my first team member and she's still here. And we just started, wanted to help animals in the State College area, we're both from here. We started in a 500 square foot practice, small, no x-ray. But we just helped animals and today, we're 15,000 square feet. We have 80 team members. We have 12 doctors. We have 18 certified veterinary technicians. We're 24 hours a day, emergency, 365. So guess what? We work the middle of the night. We work Christmas. When you're having Christmas dinner, we're working, taking care of animals. Not me, because I'm lazy anymore, but, uh, but our amazing staff, so. I've done a lot of work in, in hospitals. This looks like a people hospital. Tell me all the equipment you have here. So we really did pattern this after a human hospital, but we're much nicer. <laughs> and I tell people, if you're a sick dog or cat, I think you have a huge advantage over humans because I think we get people in quicker. I mean, our technology is very similar. We have CAT scan. We do all of our blood work in-house, so we can do pretty much all of our diagnostic testing right while people are here. We do orthopedic surgery, we do general surgery, we do emergency. So what I'm trying to say is, compared to human medicine, we have to do everything. We have to be surgeons, internists, dermatologists, ophthalmologists, 
dentists on different species. Like, in human medicine, it's one. And I'm not saying that's not hard, but it's like one animal. It's, the anatomy is the same, the ages are different. But with us, the anatomy is different, the physiology is different. Dogs and cats are completely different. Some practices work on birds, some vets work on large animals. So veterinary medicine is interesting and is never boring for that reason. You know, one thing about, uh, about a, uh, a human hospital is uh, people don't get petted on the head or scratched in the butt, do they, when they walk Well, out? they can, but that's just kind of weird. Uh, you know, the thing is, our patients frequently are coming in. Once again, they can't communicate with us, so we have to be able to, to read what's going on. And they're afraid. A lot of them are afraid, and so are their owners. You, know, you have to be a detective. Really what we do is we're detectives. We're the, the closest profession to veterinary medicine are the pediatricians. They're doing medicine on kids that can't communicate and tell you where it hurts. So, Something else I would have to assume is that the people that you hire here really, really love animals. And I think that's got to help. Absolutely. You're not going to work in this profession if you don't love animals. But here's the, the problem with that. We do love animals. There's a lot of grief in our profession. The technicians you're looking at right now are doing a lot of the work. Veterinarians, the people that work up front. Huge problem in vet med that's well known. They call it compassion fatigue. We have one of the highest suicide rates. Veterinarians suicide and technicians. Rates. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's oh a worldwide problem in veterinary medicine and recognized. Something that we all have to really worry about and pay attention to our team members. Do you do you talk to your team members and, yeah. and tell them you know let's not get too close to these animals? We, How do, we you do, do we, that, you, you can't. You're you're always you're always close to the animals, so that's not gonna. You can't do that. It's it's a huge problem that the general public does not appreciate. And one reason I agreed to do the podcast with you is one thing that people are going to need to realize. They're going to need when they come into a veterinary practice from the people up front to the people in the back. Be nice to us. And a lot of places are closed and, and closing. So when you're mean to us, you're not going to be invited to come back. And that's going to be a real problem for you later on, especially as the days and weeks and months go by and years go by. The next couple of years are going to be real tough on pet owners because there's not going to be anyone to help. Most other professions are losing people. A lot of people don't want to work. Yeah. But right now, it's this year. It's doctor. even worse. Here's why: you can't create more veterinarians. There's there's only 34 vet schools in the United States. We graduate about 3,400 new vets a year. That's nothing. 3,400. In, in a country of 350 million people, almost. And what's happening to my age group? We're retiring. We're 60 now. We, we've had it. You know, we did our mm -hmm. thing. But we've never turned people away until the last year. Well, you're talking about a shortage of people. Is, it, is vet school that hard, or is it people not interested, or what's, what goes on? Um, vet, first of all, vet schools, and this is well known, it's harder to get into me veterinary medical school than medical school. That, it's that. always been that way. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, it's always been that way. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are physicians that are like, I wanted to be a vet, I couldn't get in. Seriously, ask your, ask your physician friends. So it's really well, hard to get that? in. I don't understand. There's not enough room. They are not enough. Well, you only thirty some schools. You said right? there's only thirty. I mean, figure that out. There's only thirty four hundred people a year. They're going to get in. So that, it's a very select group. Think how many medical schools there are. There, you know, what I would like to see happen, and I think will happen. I think there'll be an equivalent to like a physician's PA. assistant. That's what we need. Because look, when you go to the doctor now, I see my PA, and she's amazing. Yep. I prefer to go to her. She actually cares. So veterinarian like, PA is what would it That's really what I, I predict that there will be an in-between uh, degree that will be licensed 
which will help us because the, the physician's assistant, the veterinary physician's assistant would be able to do a lot of the things that veterinarians are doing right now. There's more of them. I think they'd have better professional satisfaction. They could get paid more. They could do more. They're clearly capable. Our, our, I would put our vet techs against any anyone. Have you created that kind of person in your practice? I think there's, so yes. Created PAs? Our, our practice could be, I mean, most of the people that you're looking at could do that job. There's no question they already are. Uh, so I see now there's a, a dog laying on the table here with a gentleman, what, what is it, brushing its teeth or grinding? Yeah, well, that What's sound might on? sound a little bit familiar because when you go to the dentist, you know. Yes. So um, that's Steve, who's a certified veterinary technician. And we have Kayla. So Kayla's doing anesthesia. So, so you have two people working. Well, on. you have to because, well, you should have, you should have that. Why is with, that? With pets, we have to anesthetize them to do a, a dental procedure, so a proper you, dental procedure. A dog is not going to lay like that and have that teeth worked on no. like that by well, choice. And, and this is a greyhound. This is a retired racing ah. greyhound. And they get a lot of dental problems. They're well known for their oh, dental problems. Right? And all dogs have dental problems. Dogs aren't brushing their teeth. Cats aren't brushing their teeth, at least properly. And the other thing is, to do a good oral exam where we look for loose teeth, broken teeth, tumors of the mouth, we do dental x-rays. We do that a lot, just oh, like they would do on you and I. So this is really the same procedure, but obviously we have to do anesthesia to, to do it properly. Well, so that's what what's going on. What about a cat, on. Fred? You, you do the same thing with a cat? Absolutely. If you could imagine, let's take a cat and try to clean their teeth without oh, it. I mean, that's never going to happen, as we, we all know. we up with that, yes. So this is an anesthetic procedure. So we do blood work beforehand because the animals are oh, being yeah, anesthetized, yeah, yeah. which I like as a health check anyway. In my opinion, every animal should get blood work every year. You and I get it when we go to the doctor. These guys, you know, they're aging once every seven years or one year to seven, whatever you want to say. Yeah. They should get it every year. So when we're doing a dental, we're doing it for that reason gotcha. and as a pre-anesthetic. But, uh, you know, oral health is extremely important. We well, see that would, just... That would be my question. I'm thinking, yeah. what does a dog need a tooth exam for? But I guess it's... If just, you could imagine, they're eating. Look what they're eating. They're not brushing their teeth. They're going to get dental disease. I mean, I go to the dentist every six months. I'm brushing, yeah, I, flossing every day, and I still will have problems. I get cavities. So, same thing with these guys, and it's just a hugely important part. But what pet owners need to realize, do they really need anesthetized? Yes. Yeah. If you're going to do a real dental procedure... But we're going to chart each teeth. We're going to check pocket depths for the periodontum. If I'm just an average Joe coming in with my dog to have his teeth done, and I hear all the different work you do, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, this is going to cost me a fortune. Well, what, but, is it, but it seems like it's, it's worth well, it. Well, what's like, interesting, people will say to us, oh, my, a dental might, you know, a dental might be four to $700, not uncommon. And people are like, how could that be? Well, our philosophy is like, what would I do on my own pet? When I think of this then, when I look at the, the care that you provide here and I see operations going on in teeth cleaning, I know I have, I have insurance. Yeah. I, got through, I get it from my wife, actually. So how does a pet owner, how do they compare, why do they, there's, how can they afford this? There's different things, I guess I would say. One is pet insurance should be much more popular than it is. In the United States, it's still about 3% of pet owners. You go to the United Kingdom, which I do some talks there, you're looking at 70, 80%. Sweden, almost 100% of pet owners well, have pet explain insurance. Explain that then. If, if I, when should I get pet insurance? Right when they're puppies or kittens, because that's when you want to start. You don't want to take a 10-year-old dog and try to get pet insurance. It's going to be really expensive. So what I tell everybody, you get a new pet, you have to get pet insurance. You're going to have emergencies. You're going to need dentals. They're going to have, things are going to happen in the middle of the night. All right, I have to pay a, a certain amount of money per month for dog and well health insurance for my dog and I'm thinking well that's a lot of money 
but then when I bring the dog in to have anything done, oh my God. It's, it's the same thing. It's like you'd be better off doing pet insurance because then you're putting that money away. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to need it. So it's not unusual then for a pet owner when they pick up their pets to have a bill that's over $700. Or that's $50. not uncommon at all. Okay, Fred, I see this looks like where we are right now in the, in the OR. It looks, again, like uh, a number of operating rooms I've been in to do video work in the yeah. past. You've got two crews of people here, there are beeps going on, the dogs are being monitored, and you've got uh, some pretty serious uh, surgeries going on. Can you tell me, tell me about your surgery capabilities of uh, Metzger Animal Hospital? So we're, we have two surgery rooms. So this is our soft tissue surgery room, and then we have an orthopedic room, which is over here. So. The orthopedic room obviously is gonna be broken bones and cruciate ligaments and things like that. And then in this room, soft tissue surgeries are gonna be things like abdominal exploratories and animal eight something, spays, neuters, but we also do, uh, sometimes we'll do chest surgery in here if we have a mass in the chest. So we do a lot of things in here. It's an important room. We have a tower over here to the right. This is our laparoscopic tower. So we do laparoscopic surgery like they would do in people where you put the camera in. Um, we do that. Oh my gosh. Um, Jennifer, that you're seeing right here, is our veterinary technician and employee number one. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so she's monitoring the dog in front of you right now. This dog's going to get a laparoscopic spay. So we're going to spay her, but we're going to do it with a laparoscope. So we won't have a giant incision. But you can see the monitors. Jen's monitoring pulse, respiration, pulse oximetry. Just like a regular hospital. And title, same thing. You see, this is a ventilator. All of our animals are on a ventilator. Yep. We use sevoflurane. I see the dog's been shaved. And you've yep, got the dog's the, shaved. We got the iodine the just like people would like get, it. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, we got a blood sure. pressure cuff. That's a blood pressure oh, cuff. God's we have a heated that. surgery table, or we will. And so we want to watch uh, body temperature. They'll be monitored. Uh, it's so, very, it's, it's so very similar. A, surgery, surgery, you know? So we've got a neutering going on over there and a spaying going on over yep. there. So, so yeah, these, no. these two will never meet on a social. Well, they can now. Them. It doesn't matter. Well, they, they can, can meet. Right. They there might. Any, maybe uh, there'll be an app they can get together. Got, I don't got, know. Uh, they won't need to worry. Control going on here. That's right. That's what we're doing. This is very impressive. And uh, and if Mike, if you want to follow me a second to the orthopedic sure. side, you'll see the rooms look the, the same, but there's some uh, different. Now this is your scrub room, right? This is a scrub room. So we have a separate scrub room. We're doing our surgery. Scrubbing our hands. We're putting our gowns. You noticed in there, everybody has a surgical gown, a mask, and a cap. Just so like, just like a regular hospital. It's the same it's, thing. Yeah, very nice. This is our orthopedic surgery room, which looks a little bit different, Mike. You're, right in front of us is there's this thing that looks like a C, and they yep. call this a C-arm. This is a fluoroscope. So this is like a moving x-ray, and this will allow us to do certain procedures, like put orthopedic screws or drive pins and actually watch it while we're doing it. So in there, my basically. wife is, is, uh, is allergic to, to animals, and so we have not had a dog, and this is... When I walk into this room, I'm just amazed. Yeah. Like they, they, that you use this kind of equipment to, yeah. to service your patients. I, I see a, a dog going into a, a what is this? I know they're cages, so, but they're so this, recovery? In, in the recovery, so in the post-op period is very important because that's when bad things can happen. So we want to watch our animals very carefully. And what you're looking at, this is called the bear hugger. This is a warm <laughs> thermal blanket, an air-heated blanket, because hypothermia or low temperature is one thing you worry about in the post-op period because animals are, can't shiver yet. They're waking up from anesthesia. You can see our patient here has a tube, an endotracheal tube. So our technician's going to watch for that because obviously as you wake lab. up. Yeah, it's a beautiful dog. So as they wake up, she's going to watch the color. And whenever he starts to color the mucous membranes, when he starts to wake up, we'll need to remove that endotracheal so tube. So will she stay here? Yeah. Oh, she'll stay with yep. the dog. Until he's awake. Yeah. Until he's awake. And what's his name? This is 
Vassar. Henry Vassar? It's a beautiful dog. Oh, for God's sake. Beautiful lab. All right, Fred, we're walking through two doors. I see a sign here, rehab. The dog, do dogs really need rehab? What's with that? And Mike, this is not like alcohol drug rehab. <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I love veterinary medicine. None of our pets are alcoholics. None of them are drug. None, none oh, of them are rehab. And none of them have beat up anybody. All right, they're just. That's why we love pets so much. So our rehab center is really about orthopedic rehabilitation. So you can see we have a water treadmill, an underwater treadmill. That's, that's got to be four feet high. Yeah, it's, it's, I'll tell you, it really helps. Gallons. We use it in animals, uh, mainly dogs, that are in a post-op period or have arthritis. So if you can imagine you had knee surgery, those animals are going to need physical therapy and rehab just like you would. So what we'll do is we'll put the, especially the larger dogs, into our, we call it the fish tank. We'll fill that with water, which takes the weight off their limb. And then there's a treadmill that moves, so, so the, they have the, to walk. It's inside the tank that moves. It's inside the tank. Well, they so they have to move. They have to move. That way it gets their joints moving. It takes the weight off, so it's less painful. We use it for uh, arthritis and a lot of other orthopedic it's injuries. It's like a professional athlete does the same thing, It's exactly right? what it is. Hey, how many gallons is in that tank? Looks I have no idea. It's a lot. It looks like almost 200 gallons. You could, you could get in there yourself if you wanted to. I would <laughs> recommend against and it. Is, it. Is the water heated for the dog? Yeah, the water's, the water's heated. heated. Yep. Oh my it's an God. amazing, it's amazing. So, it's just another instrument we use to get the animals back to recovery as quickly as possible. So you could actually put a little wiener dog in there or a Great Dane. That's right. We, I think we've had one cat in there, but you can imagine that. It was like, <laughs> a, it was like a special cat. Not many cats want to go into the water treadmill. You're working with animals here, and, and animals do what animals do. They could, they could get dangerous sometime, I guess. Yeah, if, could, if an animal's coming out of anesthesia or something, you, you really have to be careful, don't you? Our job is really dangerous because you can have to remember a lot of animals are coming in, they're, they hurt, uh, they're in unfamiliar, you can't tell them, hey buddy, we're going to take care of you. I mean, there's smells, sounds, you heard all the sounds today. Imagine that if you're a dog or a cat, that's going to be amplified. And remember, they smell a thousand times better than us. So when they come into a, the, any hospital, that's going to be a big, big deal. You have to learn to read the behavior of animals. You have to be careful. That would take time, I it think. It takes time and it can be very dangerous. That's it can be a very problem. dangerous job. Mike, let me show you this. This is really cool. So this is our new CAT scan. We had a CAT scan before, but this is our new one. And Look it's through a beauty. the window here. Oh, she's so beautiful. So this is uh, before. Oh, wait a minute. There's a, a sign here. CAT, cat scan, scan with Don't a say cat. It. Don't say, oh, don't say does it do dogs too. I can't handle that anymore. I've only heard that a thousand times. So can you find cancer? You can find dogs? cancer a lot of times, especially in the chest. Well, that's a Would question I have. People come here and you treat dogs for cancer. Oh, People very invest commonly. that kind of money. Very common. We do a lot of chemotherapy. Dr. Koshko does chemotherapy every day on pets. Very commonly. How we use a lot of the same. It's amazing because one thing is the pets do a lot better because they don't know they have cancer. So we don't, they don't worry about all the mental anguish gotcha. of having cancer. They just know they don't feel well. So I think it's amazing. It depends on the type of cancer, obviously. Some are more aggressive and you're not going to be able to do much. But lymphoma, which is the most common cancer in dogs and cats, a lot of times we can, with, with chemotherapy, we can add a year to their life. And you might be like, well, I would never do that. But, but if your lifespan's 10 years and you could add one year, that's one-tenth of your lifespan. So if someone said to you, I think you probably lived to 80. We could add another eight to 10 years to your life. You do it yeah. with minimal side effects. Well, plus, so if, if people have the, the money and the financial wherewithal to do it, I guess we have a lot choice. of people do chemo. Depending on the size of the dog or cat, I'd say you're going to spend anywhere from three to five thousand dollars. So people do this with cats as well. Absolutely. 
Was there any difference between a cat owner and a dog owner? Do you, can you I think they're huge them? dog, absolutely, I think. Is there? What? I mean, not to stereotype, but let me. Go ahead. Um, you know, I'm a dog person, okay? I, do I like cats? Of course I do. But I also own, recently own two pet rats, which is a whole nother... Oh, there you go. Yeah, I know. The rodents. So, you know, why do I like dogs? I like large breed dogs. Just They're loyal. They don't expect a whole lot. And they back. just love you, you know. I don't think dogs are as smart as cats. Dogs are just like, buddy, you're home. I just left five minutes ago. They think I'm going. A cat, in my opinion, I think they're more finicky. I think they're like, listen, you're in it for me, not the other way around, buddy. But dog is like, they're in it for you. A cat's, you're there to serve the cat. Well, I mean, they make go. it very clear. So uh, that's, that's my hint on dogs and cat owners. I think the dog owners are... I don't know, maybe easier going. I think the cat owners are more observant generally. Uh-huh. I really do. The problem, you know. Well, so the, then the cat owners are kind of like the cat. I, I do. And think dog they're, owners are like more the intelligent dog. than the dog owners. Once again, I'm a dog oh, owner. Oh, you're going to get killed Well, for I'm a dog one. owner, so I'm saying that. I, I say uh, I belong in the group. Fred Betzker said that. Not yeah, I did. Well, and the thing, um, the thing you should know, too, is in feline and canine medicine, it's definitely different. Cats are much better at hiding disease. So a lot of the, when someone brings a cat in, they have more advanced disease because think of what a cat does for a living. They don't do anything. They lay around all day. So they're not going to show a whole lot. Whereas a dog, especially a, a working dog or a hunting dog or a sporting dog, it's going to be more obvious, obvious there's yeah. something wrong, um, you know, to, to that. And also, cat, most cats are using litter boxes. Dogs are going outside so you can see if there's gotcha. a problem. Like if you can see there's blood in the urine on a dog, Yikes. especially if there's yeah. snow. So. I think dogs, we generally see disease a little bit earlier in the dogs than the cats. I'm 61 going on 62. I've been doing this a long time. I, I love veterinary medicine. I think it's a noble profession. I think it's so hard, Mike. Hopefully your audience realizes to go to school that long, eight years, and with the technicians, you know, they're not going to school that long, but they're going to school too with what people get paid and with what they're doing and just the emotional, yeah. <laughs> as you can imagine, we deal with a lot of death, but the way we get through it is we're helping people. So nothing you'll have better than some animal that's really important. For me, an elderly person, the dog's their whole life, yep. and you can help them and that dog and get that bond back. It's just magical. It's absolute magic. Uh, people say to me all the time, yeah, how do you do that? You guys have to euthanize animals, but you know how I get through that? If we can't help that animal, yeah. we can help them. We can have their family there. I mean, when my day is up and your day is up, you hope that you could have, that's yeah. how it ends. Probably won't. It'll point. be something terrible and no <laughs> one will show up. I'll get run that's, over by a dog. Yeah, yeah no one's going to care. <laughs> I think a good, good way to describe you and, and, and your profession is that it's, it's one of those deals where people say you could do something you love and we're not uh, working at all for the rest no. of our lives. We're just living life and enjoying life. My, my thing that's great is what, what, do you, what do you really want when it's all said and done? You want to have had make, make a difference if you can. So this profession's great. It's really hard, as you heard me say. But when it's all said and done, all of us in here working right now, um, we can be really proud of what we did. When one of these animals dies, it affects a family. And what if they have kids? And what if they have a grandmother? And, and this, the only thing keeping these people going is their pet. So we take it very seriously. It's an it's a incredibly important job that we do. If you own pets, you know what I mean. It's an important part of your life. It's part of your family. Describe a veterinarian, your staff, you. It's a great career. It's a noble career. 
I've never had, never been ashamed to be a vet. If I'm on a plane and someone asks me what I do, I know they're going to love it. I don't have to say I'm an insurance agent. Nothing against insurance <laughs> agents. But no one cares. No one be like, you're the State Farm agent. Oh, Unless God. you're Jake, they don't care. We're working on dogs and cats here. But remember, there's other vets. There's people working on birds and reptiles and rats and horses and cows. And they're teaching at the university. So there's just all kinds of things you can do. This, is, this career, if you can get through school, you can do anything you want. You can live anywhere you want. It's, it's a great career. What is the strangest animal you've ever had in your dog or cat? The strangest animal, we've had some actually in this building, and I'm not kidding. We had a 600-pound Bengal tiger. Oh, my God. You might be like, imagine the cat carrier for that one. It was very well, extreme. Who has a Bengal so, tiger? So there is an exotic cat rescue, a really great group in this area, and they take rescue animals from zoos and you know ah. people that decided, thought it would be cool to have a lion or tiger. Not, not a good idea. And this is probably 15 years ago, but um, this is a tiger that had eaten uh, a carcass, because that they would yeah, do. That's what they do. That's what they do. Being a tiger, uh, Of an animal that had been euthanized. So they used to get cows <sighs> from farmers that, like, my dairy cow died, do you want it? You know, the guy would say, yeah, that's how you fed him. Well, someone must have euthanized a cow. You wouldn't normally do that where you do a barbiturate. Yes. And it ate that, and it had barbiturate poisoning. Oh, my god. So gosh. the cat was actually sitting up here in our treatment A area. The other patient is right here, Mike. So, Mike, can you tell me what that is oh, a picture of gosh. in the CAT scan? What is that? That looks like the Nittany Lion there. Well, it's that a, is an African lion. lion. An African lion. So that was Thor, who was, at that time was an 11-month-old <laughs> African lion that had neurologic signs. He came in, and I'm like, what are we going to do diagnostically? A CAT scan. Well, there you go. And we I'm did blood work. Cat. He ended up having a vitamin deficiency that we treated with the owners at the same cat rescue, T&Ds, Cats of the World, best cat rescue ever in Mifflinburg, PA. They treated that cat. And um, I see like him every year. Podcast. I see him every That's a must. I see him every year. You'll hear Thor because he makes a lot of noise. That was probably seven or eight years ago. We thought he was going to die. Now he's a beast. He's the king of the jungle. He's like 600 pounds, oh big mane, and he just you'll hear him. Oh, my God. He's the king down there. So, like, that was amazing. That, well, that's is, probably my favorite case of all time. This times. is big cat country here. That's big cat country. So, Fred, you're, you're pretty good at this, doing interviews. You do quite a few of them. What was it like today working with uh, Cans Copy and Mike podcast? Was it a, this an easy gig? We've worked before with video. This is so much easier because there's no active video. So you and I are just having a conversation. I'd recommend this to anybody. This is easy. We're just, you know, we just talked. It was actually really fun. And I like, the other thing I really liked is we could do it while we're working. So I don't have to tell everybody, because before we were doing video, we're going to tell everybody, be quiet. And, yep. Like right. you're, you're seeing it the way it really is. You're seeing all the people that are working here. You're getting the real sounds. Yep. And what would be nice, I wish you could get the smells on that. Now, fortunately, <laughs> well, I have been standing pretty close to you, Fred. Well, well that <laughs> can be bad. Fortunately, the smells in here are not bad. We have a great system, but no, there's some days when things don't smell so good. I did not notice any, any bad smells. Yeah, uh, no. One so of the dogs I know the doctor said uh, he had a case of the poops. So oh yeah. I guess that was uh, contained. Oh yeah, we. That's a whole other part of veterinary medicine. But no, it was very easy. It was very. It just flowed, as I think people can tell. It's a natural conversation. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you so much.